Hi, Anthony. Thank you for joining our developer health show. How are you doing today? Good. How's it going? It's going good. It's going good. Hi, friends. Welcome to the developer health show produced by G2i. G2i matches companies with high impact engineers through a unique approach that mixes solid technical assessments with a serious commitment to developer health, ensuring companies work with skilled developers who are supported, valued, and ready to execute from day one. My name is Michelle Bakels, and I'll be your host. Today, we're joined by Anthony Shu, former professional baseball player, now working on developer experience for Turbo at Vercel. A self-described full-stack comedian, Anthony has spoken at various conferences, including React Miami, and is the creator of Monorepo Maestros, a course about JavaScript and TypeScript monorepos. We caught up with Anthony at the very end of his paternity leave to talk focus, flow state, and more. So without further ado, let's get to it. I just got back from Next.js Conf a couple of weeks ago, but I missed you there. I got to see you the first year that they yeah. had in person, but I missed you this last year, but for pretty good reason, right? Like you have a pretty big announcement. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been on paternity leave. Uh, my son is three months and three weeks old. Um, Bennett Shoe. So um, yeah, that's, I'd say that's a valid reason trying to help out wife and learn how to be a dad. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. I mean, it's not really a trivial task. I don't think anybody <laughs> thinks it's like easy. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. it makes total sense. Yeah. yeah, it's been cool. I I got to I got to step in a little bit um behind the scenes remotely with like some uh comp stuff like just behind the scenes, you know, running running cables, if you will. Um, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, been gone for a while now actually. I'm excited to get back uh next week actually. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah. Well, that'll be exciting. And maybe you'll come to Miami. We always have a lot of um, people from Vercel come to Miami for React Miami. <laughs> yeah, I I got to go last year, as you know, and speak as well. Um, and so, yeah, I it was awesome. I That was the second tech conference that I've ever been to. And um, the first one being Next.js Conf that first year. Um, and getting a definitely have set a high bar for me personally i know <laughs> i mean you do an incredible job um the team at Vercel that does next js conf they kill it so yeah, yeah definitely a high bar for me <laughs> yeah next js conf is, i think is one of my favorite but uh it's a little bit different because it's like a product conference right but they make like a product conference cool which is pretty rare <laughs> so <laughs> actually a pretty fun time um so so when you were at miami and you were speaking in miami you had a talk about on-demand flow state and uh a lot of this talk um was based on skills that you derive from being a professional baseball player um so i would love to start there with our episode and um just ask you to share a little bit about your background as a professional athlete yeah um sure i as you mentioned, I played professional baseball. Um, feels like feels like a lifetime ago now, but uh, I I got to play pro ball for five years uh, as a St. Louis Cardinal. Um, I if you're not familiar with baseball, it's a lot like um, I always say it's like levels of a video game where like you start at level one and then level two, level three, level four. There's all these leagues underneath the one that goes on TV um, and the one, you know, the TV league, as we jokingly called it, is like level six. Um, so I made it to the level right before. It's called AAA. And I, I don't know if you're going to be able to see the scar, but there you go. Sorry for the <laughs> graphic. But um, I uh, 
I got hit in the arm. Now I can't throw right. So mm-hmm. um, that quickly ended that career. Um, but I had been writing code um, on the side uh, as a minor league baseball player. You don't actually, I know people, you know, you think professional sports, you think a lot of money, but when you're playing minor league baseball, the most I ever made in a year was $12,000. So wow. I had to supplement my income with a little bit of code. I did a bunch of freelance work, um, started running my own agency. And so, yeah, that was, that was my, uh, my off the beaten path, professional sports life. <laughs> Okay. Well, so, I mean, that's pretty wild that you were learning how to code as you were a baseball player. Pretty smart. Um, I have this like whole, like, you know, if, if I ever had time, I would probably target athletes specifically for like coding workshops and boot camps for like skilling. Like (laughs) I have this whole like plan of like, like reaching out to student athletes and like, skilling them up in tech because I'm like, oh my God, there's so many (laughs) mental skills that overlap both things that like athletes really make great software developers. I feel like it's like not really talked about a lot, but there's a lot of similarities there. Yeah, Yeah. that was, that was something that I was surprised about was, um, as I was learning to code, I used free code camp, freecodecamp.org. If you need, if you need, if you want to learn free code camp. Um, I love free code camp. I'm so glad you said that. Um, but yeah, that was something as I was learning that I was like, wow, like there's so many parallels that get drawn between like in my daily routine while I was playing was like in the morning, I would do all my code work and then, um, you know, we'd have a game that night and like the skills that I would bring to both of those and like things that overlapped, I started to realize. And like, as I consciously drew those things out, it like made me better at both of them, Hope you know, hopefully. Um, at least I thought. And so, um, yeah, that was, that was really interesting as I started learning, you know, to your, to your point. Yeah. One of the things that I think is like the most important, like the hardest challenge, like that athletes can do really, really, really well is that they're super good at improving incrementally. Um, and, and just trying again and doing things over and over and over again and continuing to show up. Whereas like, I mean, I'll say when I started learning how to code, I was doing a career change and it was so such a rude awakening because like, I remember I tried to like write this code three times and then like by the third time, I'm like, I can't do this. I'm not going to be a programmer. And now like in retrospect, I'm like, wow, if I can get something on the third time, I'm like a genius. Like this is, <laughs> this is like it totally reorients your expectations for mastering yeah definitely yeah i mean baseball specifically um you know they call it a a a game of failure uh (laughs) as a hitter as a hitter if you um succeed three out of ten times you're you're going to be in the hall of fame and you know there's not a lot of other walks of life where that's the case and um and so, yeah, I mean, I'm so at this point, you know, we're all, you know, as an experienced developer, you're so used to seeing red show up in your console or whatever. And so it's, it's kind of the same skill. Like, you know, you have that red show up in the console or if you're a pitcher, you know, somebody hits a home run off you, whatever it is, you got to get back on the horse, like almost immediately. Right. And so, um, you know, knowing how to fail, not get over it, but, you know, have the skill to be able to move past it and, you know, go back to competing or writing code, you know, it's very valuable skill indeed. I would love to like talk more about that. Like what you learned as a baseball player that you applied to your work when you started, when you were coding, when you were doing your freelancing, your agency work, when you're working for Versailles, like what are the overlaps? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, well, first of all, I'll be the first to tell you that I was never really that good at baseball. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, even when I was a kid, like I, um, I was just never like physically like that overwhelming, like that person is better at playing baseball than all the other kids. <laughs> mm. Um, but over the course of time, like, yeah, you know, you, you do something enough times and concentrate hard enough and really step back and think about what you're doing. Um, I, I started figuring out that my strength was going to be the mental game. Um, mm. I, my mom's a teacher, so I was pretty much forced to like be book smart. <laughs> so I first started figuring out that like, that was something that like I could do a little differently than the other guys on the field. Um, and that kind of started a process of me like wondering about like, okay, like, you know, I'm, I'm just not as, uh, physical as how you phrase it in the sports world. I'm just not as physical as the other players on the field. What else can I do? Um, and so that kind of led me down the path of like, okay, like this is the thing I can figure out how to do. Um, hopefully that I can use that to catapult me above the rest. And so, yeah, that kind of started me on um, a little bit of a quest to like try to figure out what mental skills can I develop. Um, I started reading certain books. I started um, keying in on different things. I started watching other sports and seeing like, okay, like what are athletes in other sports doing that like are physical manifestations that I can like see of their mental game. Um, and these are all things that uh, kind of came up in my React Miami talk. Like I started watching basketball um, and, you know, you see like that, like pre that those little routines that they do before they take a free throw or whatever, or you see, you know, players taking deep breaths. And like, um, when you start looking at those little details, you start learning different things. And so I started, um, I also had the benefit of going to, um, a college where like this, the mental game was something that we really keyed in on, like as a mm -hmm. team, um, which was really great for me. And, um, yeah, I just over time, I was just, I just started like, okay, this is my tool. Like, how do I make this like the thing that, you know, like, oh, Anthony, like, you know, when the coaches think of Anthony, they think of like, that guy's just rock solid between the ears, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that is a little, little sports phrases are always so funny. To me. <laughs> that guy's rock it's, solid. It's a whole different language. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole different language. I always forget to like, you know. Check really out of is. that vernacular. Wait, can I ask you, did you ever have like a sports nickname like a, that your team members would call you? My last name's Shu, S-H-E-W. And that was, it, it was just that easy. I was always so Shu. that was just the extent of it. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if we had anything yeah. crazy or <laughs> funny. No, there's plenty of those that float around, but no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So a little bit more background at G2I. Obviously, G2I is producing this interview and in this show. Um, but yeah, we, we focus on the, the health of developers and, and we make that a center priority of our business. And so we also organize React Miami conference. Um, and yeah, I, it was one of those things we, you know, when we talk about developer health at G2I, one of the biggest analogies that we like stick to or that we drive home for people when we're talking about like the importance of focusing on the health of developers is like treating engineers as athletes. So a lot of people think like, oh, engineers, they have these like great paying jobs and they get to work from home and they get to use like all of this great technology and um, and think of it as this like really comfortable job. And in, in comparison to 
some jobs it really is, but it doesn't mean that it's not hard itself. And it, and it is very mentally taxing. Um, and, and it's not just because like the work can be hard or anything like that. It's almost like, I mean, in my experience, the coding sometimes is the easiest part of the job. Uh, like even harder would be like trying to figure out, are you building the right product? Are you building it the right way? Are you understanding the people that you're building it for? How are the team dynamics? How is that you know, working among the company. There's a lot of things that are very stressful outside of just the actual skill. And, um, and, and we also have this tech industry overall kind of has this like hustle culture mentality of go, go, go. And if you're not working 60 to 80 hours a week, do you even want it? Like, are you even trying? Uh, boo. Yeah. Thumbs down. <laughs> um, but it's like, we, we don't see that behavior from people who excel in other industries, especially in sports. We look at pe- because there's something so, so clear about understanding the talent and of an athlete you can see this you can see what they're able to do and you know how far away that is from your own personal ability and like so it's so like clear um and then and then you know also that athletes they have scheduled rest and recovery their work days their training essentially is is like uh, you know, you have like an easy day followed by a medium and a hard and a medium. Like, it's not like every single day is like the hardest training day. Um, and they invest a lot of, uh, time and money into their, the personal health of their body. And, you know, but then when it comes to engineers, it's like, we just don't make that connection. Like, okay, if you want to be the best engineer that you can be, invest in yourself, give yourself time to rest, give yourself time to recover, eat well. Um, you know, don't make every day the hardest day ever. So it's just like, this is like this huge, like, so when we were talking about it, I was like, literally like, actually, like, if you, if, if my boss knew that you came to me with this idea and I rejected it, I'd probably get fired. (laughs) Like, it's pretty safe to say that you will speak about this. (laughs) I react by Miami. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah i i always to your point um when you're talking about you know getting the right amount of rest and stuff um i think it's interesting how the 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 physical and mental sides of things you know when you're thinking sports and you know we're drawing these parallels between sports and developers and um how that sports arena is physical whereas that programming um arena is more mental it's funny because when things are tangible, it's so much easier to uh, make sure that that maintenance and upkeep is right um, before something bad happens or at when something bad happens, it becomes obvious, right? Like when you have an athlete that is overworked, overtired, you'd start to see, you know, their numbers diminish or you can visibly see those things. Um, and, you know, eventually they get hurt maybe, right? Be, you know, repetitive overuse injuries and stuff like that. But with developers, that mental taxation that you were mentioning, it's not something that you can like physically see very easily. And it becomes very difficult to uh, maybe even justify to yourself or to others. Like, Oh my gosh, like my bucket, like I need to, my bucket's running out of water. I need to fill up my bucket back up with, with some more water. You know, like I, that's always what I think of it as like, I have this bucket, it's full of water. 
I can pour out the water when I want to, but at some point I got to fill it back up. And that takes time and that takes a little bit of energy too and takes a little bit of a conscious motion to fill up my bucket. And so, yeah, I always, I always, it's always interesting to me, like as an athlete, it's so obvious when I'm, you know, I, I can't pick up as much weight or I can't run as fast, whatever. But as a developer, like you have to consciously, like, because it's not something that is extremely visible like that. Maybe it is to you. For some people I know, it's really difficult to notice unless you're like actually yeah. genuinely paying attention to that for yourself. Yeah. And I think, I think that's kind of how we look at burnout too. You know, that's kind of like mm-hmm. that injury. And, um, I, I think that most people just don't recognize the signs unless they experience it at least once. And, and I think that's true for working out and for being an athlete as well as like, yeah. you're going to go, go, go. And then that moment that you get hurt, like, you're like, oh, that was the line. Like now you know where it yep. is and how to kind of avoid it. And the thing, the thing, you know, too, about both burnout and, you know, a sports injury is if you hit that moment, you are lucky if it only lasts a short amount of time. But in both right. scenarios, they can be career ending depending on how serious it is. And so it's really important like to be sharing stories about like our experiences with this and just be honest in the tech industry because I don't know, you know, I've ha- I've gone to a lot of conferences. I've talked to a lot of people that've been in the game for a while and I don't know anybody that hasn't hit that wall or been like, "Oh yeah, I recognize that there are human limits here and you can't like go endlessly, right? As a reminder to our listeners, the Developer Health Show is produced by G2i. G2i offers a unique approach to matching developers to companies. We mix solid technical assessments with a serious commitment to developer health. So companies get the best without the guesswork. Skilled developers who are supported, valued, and ready to execute from day one. Find us at g2i.co for more information. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that, that's something, I mean, I've I've given myself burnout before. I'll, I'll be the first to raise my hand. I I did it. I One morning I got out of bed, walked across the hall, uh, went to work, quote unquote, uh, walked across the hall and sat down and I turned on my computer and I like literally just like felt sick to my stomach mm. and like instantly got a headache. And I was like, wow, that was really weird. And I got up and like took a drink of water and like sat back down and I just like felt like I had a, like I was like having a physical manifestation of I was burned out and like up until that point I knew that like I wasn't working as well as I could have been I was working for myself at the time so there wasn't anybody to check me I was just like I'm gonna keep doing my thing no matter you know not a big deal but um since then I like have kept better tabs on myself and uh, this is actually a lot of what's in my react Miami talk is I recognize and implement into my day things that don't allow me to get to that point in the first place. I think that's a Mm -hmm. lot of, um, as I scroll Reddit or something, for instance, um, I always see like, you know, I had burnout and then now, now what? But for me, the question is, you know, what could we have done way before then? And, um, that was a lot of where I started thinking about for my, 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 my talk at react Miami was, um, you know, we want to talk about burnout, but we want to talk about it. Like for me personally, I just want to never get there in the first place. Like I can, as you, as you were mentioning, like manage the workload well before then. So that, you know, the bucket, make sure the buckets and a happy bucket instead of sad bucket. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. I for burnout for me, uh, it took me a while to figure out the signs. Um, but I think probably like my, my my like clearest sign for burnout or like that I'm getting close to it is that I start becoming much shorter tempered. I start getting like annoyed with really simple things. Like if somebody asks me something or puts something on my plate, even if it's really small, instead of feeling like I could just be like, hey, like under normal circumstances, hey, I don't have time for that right now. I'm really sorry. When do you need this by? Because maybe I can get it to you in time, but let's figure this out, right? Whatever. You have a clear conversation about it. When I'm like close to burnout, I'm like, are you kidding me like I cannot add something else to my plate right now like this is absurd you know like and it's just like this completely like wild overreaction and especially when I work someplace like G2I where everybody is super nice and totally understanding like if I have that moment where I'm like they cannot be seriously asking me for this right now like I'm just like Michelle it's you you're the problem Take a deep breath. <laughs> like snow. Hey. Take it. Take mine it early is, day. Mine is I start mine as I start avoiding things. Like just <laughs> tiny little things that like I the door to my office, I fixed it yesterday. And I had been avoiding it for a very long time. For too long. <laughs> and like I literally all I had to do was turn a screw. It took me 30 seconds. And I was just oh, like, love I let that. that bother me for weeks. Like, why didn't I just do it? <laughs> Yeah. 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 I totally understand. I totally understand. So (laughs) you were talking about your React Miami talk, and I want to get into that a little bit, like the learnings from it. It was a really rich talk, by the way. So anybody listening, I I wholly recommend you to find the talk. Uh, It's either going to be on the JS World um, playlist that we have for React Miami, or you can find it on Anthony's website. He has a section on his website called Talks, which is posted there too. And um, it's it's really worth listening to front to back. This is not going to do it justice. Um, but I would like to first dig into, because the it's on-demand flow state, right? On-demand flow state. That's the title. Um, so I want to talk about flow state because it seems like it's like this ambiguous thing that we're like, you know, blessed by like the work gods to like be able to interact with this consciousness of a flow state but really it's not as ambiguous as that and it's not as mysterious as that so let's talk about flow state what is flow state first of all let's start there Ooh, that's a fun one um this is, <laughs> to take it directly from my react miami talk is any i have the same answer every time but there's a picture in my react miami talk if you pull it up um I always think of a lioness stalking her prey. And the picture Mm. that I found for React Miami is, um, well, the lioness is staring at you. And when you look her in the eyes, you like instantly feel hunted. And when you start to look more closely at a lioness on the hunt in her flow state, you start to notice, um, you know, you as I was mentioning, when you look in the eyes, you, you, you feel that concentration instantly. Right. And that's what you feel like when you're in your flow state, you feel, you know, aggressive maybe. Right. Or like, you can feel like you can just do it. Like you can, you know, sink your teeth in. But at the same time, I also like to point out when you really start looking at her, you also notice this like relaxation. You don't see Mm -hmm. like tension in her face. You just see like that. She just knows exactly what she's about to do. 
um, you know, you look up into her shoulders, into her back and you can take it. She just relax, but you still feel that intensity. Um, and that's something that I always think that folks forget about flow state is you do have that concentration. You do have that, um, you know what you're about to do, but also there's that layer of ease, right. That comes in. And that comes from being in a spot before you were in flow state where you were relaxed and you could actually slip into that flow state and you knew what was about to happen. Right. Um, to your point actually of, you know, uh, a lot of the time people feel like flow state is this like ethereal thing. I just saw it on Reddit last, uh, last night I was scrolling my phone before I was going to sleep and I saw the classic, uh, it takes, uh, 15 minutes and 23 seconds to recover from an interruption to get back into flow state. And I, uh, I know it comes from people where a book from a while ago. Um, and I think for me that sort of, uh, intangible nature of flow state where folks don't really have that hard definition of what it means goes back to, um, that extremely long amount of time for, yeah. uh, where folks think it takes that long. Cause me personally, I can tell you from my lifetime of playing baseball, I can get in and out of flow state in 15 seconds. It's is something that takes practice for sure. And it takes a lot of, uh, concentrated practice. But, um, I think that on the whole that we are capable of cutting down that 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And and that 15 minutes is in terms of like context switching. It's right. like on yeah. average, you know, 50, 20 minutes context switching. And I do reference that a lot when I'm like trying to advocate for people to do less meetings, like please stop interrupting flows of work um because you know as most people are not like trained to like enter a flow state like really quickly so it's beneficial to like try and you know not have like this distracted day but like developing the ability to lock into a flow state um give us the rundown what how like what's the magic here yeah sure um I think the first thing is practice. I think uh, a lot of people have this idea that, uh, you know, same thing as programming, right? Like I, I'm learning Rust right now, for instance. Like I, I it's not something that I'm going to go from zero to one. You know, it's it's going to take a minute. Um, I think the other thing too is again very familiar to programming is it's iterative and you learn more and more. Sometimes you got to build up to build back down to build back up. Um, learning how what your flow state is for you, how to get there for you. Um, it does take some learning about yourself. It does take, uh, you know, some persistence. Uh, I think the other thing too, is that when we start to get into these conversations about flow state and like the mental game and stuff like that, I think it's really easy to slip into, um, the com- a conversation that isn't very concrete. And for instance, uh, to use the example from my react Mammy talk, uh, something that I learned in college was this framework, uh, DCBA. Um, and so this was just effectively a checklist that if I, um, part of, you know, me getting into flow state, I would have to go down this checklist. And by the time I make it to the end of the checklist, I should be in flow state. This is, it started to become a lot more predictable the more and more I practiced it. But, um, so DCBA, what does it stand for? Um, D decide. So that is, you know, First of all, again, going back to the lioness, right? She's on the hunt. She's on the prowl. She knows what she wants. It's going to be that antelope or whatever's in front of her, right? Like she's made her decision. It's clear. I think a lot of time people don't 
take that moment to be like, okay, this is the thing that I'm doing. You know, it's pulling up, pulling the ticket off the Jira board and now I'm at work. But instead of like, you know, this is the thing I'm doing. I am consciously saying like, I am on ticket 212. It is specifically to reproduce this, like putting that concrete in your mind counts for a lot. Um, so that was D. And then C is clear. A lot of the times, modern life, it's hard to clear your mind, right? Um, there's specific skills that you can use, uh, taking a deep breath, counting to 10, right? Um, there's certain things that you can do, uh, micro routines even. Uh, I, in my React Miami talk, I use the um, example of I like to tap my thumb on my desk four times, and it's just like this physical trigger thing that like clears my mind of that one thing that I just decided to do. So now it's the only thing there's again, back to the lioness, right? She's the antelope is like the only thing, right? You feel hunted when you look in their eyes. Um, and then breathe, right? I mentioned breathe as part of a clearing mechanism, but that's where you get that relaxation in, um, be, uh, that breathe, that breath is kind of a stand in for like, Hey, just relax for a lot of people taking a nice deep breath really does just move you somewhere differently mentally. Um, but maybe it's not that for you. Maybe it's, you know, something else, but a lot of the time taking a nice deep breath, it really is a great place to start. So there you have DCBA and then hey, act. Now it's time to go. You're, you're ready. You're relaxed. You know what you're doing. You're, it's the only thing you're doing. And, um, that in a lot of ways kind of gives you the shape and color of flow state and, um, you know, once you start going, hopefully you make it there. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. Also, I love this like analogy that we keep coming back to for the lioness because it can really be like extended in a lot of ways. I really like lions a lot. Lions, Same. lions, I feel like are very <laughs> misunderstood. Like we clearly love the lion in in the world of like motivation and excelling and being like top of the food chain or whatever top of your industry right. whatever we love this image of the lion the lion sleeps on average 18 hours yeah, yeah. like i don't think people realize how similar a lion is to a koala bear <laughs> in that sense like <laughs> they they sleep and then when they are awake they do their thing and they know what they need to do and then they go back to sleep and then they just <laughs> store their energy they don't right. waste their energy like it's a beautiful thing. I think it's a really misunderstood thing when we like idolize the lion that the lion actually rests a lot. Right. Yeah. And I think you also, I don't know, my, my, my brain is drawing it graphically. Like, you know, say you really do get into this place where, you know, like your favorite athlete, you can turn that flow state on and off. If you're doing that, then while you're working, you're getting way more work done, right? So that part of the graph goes way up, but then you've bought yourself enough time to get that rest in and bring your work down to zero. But, you know, derivatives, the area under the curve is more, you've done more work and you've done it in less time and you get to rest a little bit. So, you know, having that mental control really turns into this really, really nice positive feedback loop. Now for our, our final segment this is a question that I ask every single guest and it's how we wrap up the show and it's called start, stop, continue. It's something that we do at G2I whenever we have kind of like retrospective moments, um, whether it's projects or initiatives, whatever it is. And so basically it's like, what are you going to start doing? Um, it could be work related or not. I mean, in this context, 
what are you going to start doing? What are you going to stop doing? What are you going to continue doing? Like what's working with you? So let's start with something that you want to start doing. Stand-up comedy. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Um, something I want to start doing is playing my guitar again more. Um, I, uh, oh, geez. That's not a talent. Um, (laughs) sorry i'm like i can't think out loud i just react i'm like okay um that is not a talent for the talent show um yeah start playing my guitar again more i used to play it a lot um and it was always um to use your word cathartic for me i was i ended up like finishing out my days usually playing guitar before going to bed and it always just felt like cleansing for whatever reason um and i haven't been doing that for a long time couple of years now probably and now i'm sitting here staring at it <laughs> um so, so definitely want to like play habit stacking put the exactly. guitar next to your bed only dedicate five minutes let's yep, get it going exactly i was actually thinking once i get back to work and i'm like waiting on a build that five minutes while i'm waiting for a build play a little bit of guitar <laughs> but uh yeah that's a good one too actually i'll have to figure it out um uh, stop. Um, something that I want to stop doing is I've been letting myself get distracted um, while I'm in the middle of some other task. Um, I'm I've lately been learning how to DevRel um, at Vercel, and um, it's really easy to um, you know I'll be halfway through uh, writing a doc or whatever, and I'll see something pop up on Twitter that looks interesting. Um, just like on my other screen where I have a little monitor thingy set up, um, and I'll, you know, get distracted or, um, you know, I get distracted by Slack a lot just cause there's always too many cool things going on that I just want to put, you know, just really interact with, but I've been finding myself getting distracted too often. And, um, I've got a couple tools that I need to bring into play that I need to stop doing that. And then, um, continue. I would probably say continue learning how to dad. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, it's, it's been a wild four months with an interesting learning curve. And um, I, you know, learn something new every day with this, with this child. So yeah, I, you know, keep learning how to do that pretty good. Nice. Yeah. I'm sure that's just going to be endless learning. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, those are really great. And um yeah, wishing you all the best with your DevRel learning and your dad learning. I'm, yeah. I'm like curious which one's harder because to me, <laughs> I mean, DevRel seems pretty hard. <laughs> it's, um, it's a different beast. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so we're going to wrap this up. Um, I want to share with everyone how should people follow you? How should people connect with you? What's the best way to get in touch? Um, let's see. My Twitter is, uh, my name, Anthony Shu, S H E W. Uh, I think there's actually an extra W on there, but Anthony Shu Wu. <laughs> um, and then, uh, if you want to find all my links, actually, it's probably easiest. Um, shoe.dev is my portfolio Shoe. site. S H E W S H E W dot dev. Um, okay. and you'll, you'll find the rest of all my stuff on there. I think. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Anthony. Really appreciate it. I, um, I'm, I'm blown away by like this concept of finding flow state within a few seconds. So really appreciate all the information. Um, congratulations on 
becoming a dad. I'm going to congratulate myself for not calling you Andrew one time in this entire <laughs> It's too easy. I get it practically every day. Just for like a little bit of background, when <laughs> Anthony was speaking at React Miami, I was doing a Twitter space promoting the conference and I called Anthony Andrew and I was like, how how did I too do easy. that with our it's own too speaker? Too easy. A-N at the oh. front and then E-W at the end of my full name. Too easy. Didn't stand a chance. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much um, and looking forward to seeing you again soon in the future. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining us for the Developer Health Show. Like always, I loved chatting with Anthony and taking away some really great tips on how to access flow state to be more productive throughout the day. If you have any takeaways from this episode, I'd love to hear them. Tag me on Twitter at Michelle Bakels and be sure to subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple, Google, or YouTube and connect with G2I for any of your engineering hiring needs. Catch you next time.